MPs bow out. Auckland Central, thank you so much. As Judith Collins steps up. She's experienced. 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 Thank you, everybody. Have a great day. One News Inside Parliament. Welcome to One News Inside Parliament, the weekly catch-up to go over the stories that we've been covering on One News as we lead towards the election. I'm Jessica Much Mackay. I'm Mikey Sherman. And I'm Benedict Collins. Let's kick straight off to our pits, our peaks and our points of interest. Wow, so much has changed <coughs> since we last talked to you last Monday. It's been a pretty epic week in the world of politics, so, which is not even the first time we've said that this year. Yeah, so last last week in this podcast on Monday, I said to Mikey, <laughs> how damaging do you think the last few days have been for Todd Muller? Well, we found out the very next morning um, when we got that email at about 7.30 saying he'd, he'd resigned and that just kicked off a dramatic week for the National Party. Yeah, really <clears> extraordinary. <throat> My uh, pits and peaks and points of interest this, this time around don't actually relate to that, I thought I'd point out um, the serious fraud office investigation that's looking into the donations from the Labour Party. And I, the reason I point this out is because any other week I think it would be a massive story. We reported it on the Monday night and then didn't again. So I think that's something that's interesting and just shows it's the same um, people that they are looking into for the National Party. And there's four... Uh, investigations underway so I just think it's really interesting that the SFO is looking into all of these party donations and we may see a shift there. But the, the, the Labour Party seemed to be a bit in the dark about they, exactly what is being investigated like they, and the I serious board office wouldn't talk to them right? on Thursday because I thought oh maybe this has all kind of got, no it was a Wednesday I think it was all kind of lost and they still don't know which of the donations it is that they're looking into. It's actually a bad thing from the point of view of the serious fraud office I think because people need to know, people want to know but also I think we need to know exactly which donations they're looking into and the fact that they're not telling us, not telling the Labour Party is problematic I think. And I just think it's one of those things that we, you know it, we would have done big huge stories on it and we haven't so that's why I thought I'd, I'd bring it up Yeah today. hey, just on the serious fraud office I uh, noticed um, Deputy Prime Minister Winston Peters this morning, he was saying that the New Zealand First Foundation, it's not operating anymore and it's not taking any donations um, from, from people running into this election either and the SFO was supposed to come back before or they were hoping to come back I think before voting opened with like the conclusion into that case as well yeah, they've definitely been kept busy. On that, I guess another point of interest over the weekend was the New Zealand First Party conference. Winston Peters had come back from his surgery and come back into the swing of things. It felt a little bit flat, I guess, in terms of what he's had before with some of the, the big things, but we had some pretty big policies, immigration there. Um, being Wanting to be the minister, right? Eh? Yeah. yeah, bottom line. So that was really interesting for someone who doesn't do bottom lines. He, he did one this time. Mm. And not not surprising, actually, um, that he is going after that immigration portfolio. One, because of his his the party's history, and also two, given the company that um, New Zealand First now seems to be keeping this election, which is the bad boys of Brexit, and they campaigned um, big time um, when it came to the Brexit campaign on immigration issues and sort of sparking that fear um, um, amongst the people over there. And so I think that we'll probably see a bit of of that um, come this campaign what, time. What do you make of you know, Winston Peters 
signing a contract with these the bad boys of Brexit helping to run a social it smacks a little bit campaign. of desperation in my opinion I mean I mean you know of course you want to get a job done and, and these guys obviously have shown um, that they can get it done and um, you know so that's that's obviously what they're wanting to see Winston Peters but it does smack a little bit of desperation going outside to get some sort of help and with the polls the way that they are I mean they need all the help they can get it seems I guess so it also shows that they um, have quite deep coffers to be able to afford people like that with that level of, of expertise because um, I would imagine that that does not come cheap. Um, so, you know, interesting that they've got that. I guess, though, if you want a campaign, you, you want to hire what you deem to be the best in the business and if that is overseas, that's what you go and do. But how you do that from the UK and manage that here, I guess, is, is Yeah, is a and I did hear um, Mr Peters saying, hey, look... You know, the Labour Party's got allies all around the world that they'd mm. be getting advice and, and, and working with. You know, it's, it's no different in his eyes to you know what other parties are doing. It'd be interesting to see what National and Labour have to say about that, though, whether they do think it's um, yeah. The and same they're promising story. Winston Peters on steroids, which should be fun because he's already <laughs> lots of fun uh, without I think steroids. So. Them actually, yeah. well, and, a, and a good little highlight from this morning: a good Twitter beef between over that immigration um, announcement and policy at the weekend. David Seymour and uh, Winston Peters um, going toe to toe on Twitter, and um, Mr. Peters saying um, that David Seymour wouldn't last ten seconds in the ring with him. There'd be three hits, he said. Uh, David Seymour would hit him. He'd hit him back, and then David Seymour would hit the floor, and then the ambulance would hit uh, 100Ks, take him to hospital. And so, yeah. what a bit fight of, that of, would be. A bit of fire in the belly. I'd, yeah. I'd pay. I'd pay big money to mm. see that. That would that would be joyful. It would be uh, David Tua versus Shane Cameron. You know, I think it would be match, match, match yeah. that fight. Mm. <laughs> and look, just one of my other um, interesting peaks, perhaps, or points of interest, um, is the um, launch of the campaign for Debbie Ngari Wapaka for the Māori Party in Te Taihauaru. That should be a very interesting uh, race there. They were very close at the last election, the Māori Party and Labour in that seat, just a 1,000 votes between them. So it could well be the Māori Party's doorway back into Parliament. We shall see, we shall see. And I guess a segue there, National Party will be hoping that Judith Collins is the doorway into the ninth floor of the Beehive. They now have a brand new leader. Um, Another third one. Third one in the last, mm. what, six weeks. So, gosh, it's been a big week. I think it, it started off with Todd Muller resigning. I think it's fair to say everyone was caught by surprise over that. And it just seems like it's it's snowballed. We've talked a lot about this. What are the bits that stick out to you guys over over those few days of coverage? Well, I literally had to check that email when it came through like a couple of times, reading it saying Todd Muller resigns as leader of the opposition. And then I even tapped on um, Janet Wilson's email address just to check that it was a legit email because I was so taken aback and surprised and shocked by it all. Um, just sitting there in the morning, I think it came through at like 7.30am. And yeah, I just had to read it a couple of times before I actually believed it. Um, so it was it was a shock because obviously you know, the previous week hadn't been good for them. I mean it'd been it'd been pretty ugly, pretty messy. But it wasn't. It didn't feel to me like 
kind of the environment or the conditions the week before that would lead to something you know such drastic action as, as your, your new leader resigning I thought yeah it had been ugly and there's sort of questions about whether Todd Muller had been us answering questions honestly or not um, but you know you see other leaders sort of get caught up in things like this and they kind of you know push on through um, yeah so complete shock well I got a call um, for probably 30 seconds after that email came out from the breakfast producer informing me of the news and then made it on to the eight o'clock bulletin from home so I just uh, feel like I should should point that out I feel like that's quite a quick turnaround to get into the actual studio at TVNZ and then on be on air stringing a sentence together um, <laughs> I feel it was reasonably speedy um, with you and know, not in your pajamas yeah. and not in my pajamas <laughs> under under um, 30 minutes but it just yeah and I think you're I think you're absolutely right in that it had been a bad week for Todd Muller absolutely mm but recoverable and I think that that's what I think and it led to all sorts of other questions about the involvement what we're going to see from this Heron report um, whether it was handled properly and effectively and I just think we then had this whole day that it played out with the caucus and then Judith Collins obviously emerging as the leader with Jerry Brownlee and I think what we saw there in that decision is the party going panic what are we going to do Judith Collins and Jerry Brownlee have been around a long time, 40 years of experience between them. They're not that fresh look, and I mean that with respect, but they're not. And they that's what the party want at this time. They want that stability. And I think that I'm not sure if in another time um, Judith Collins would have got that position, but at this time when the party's in crisis mode, that's who they look to to steady them. Yeah, but I think they need... Oh, I mean, after Todd Muller, they needed someone who was competent and who could hit the ground running as well. And they knew that, you know, Judith obviously had wanted to be leader for a long time and contested you know, other leadership contests. Yeah. And she was ready to go. And they knew, you know, that she, when it came to, you know, dealing with controversy or dealing with the media and, and stuff like that, they knew she'd be able to handle it, right? And so it was a... Mm. I, I think, like, hey, we're in a heck of a lot of trouble here. You know, the party's looking like we're imploding. We need someone who can step up. And a number of MPs um, in the National Caucus, you, you know, they were saying um, experience. You know, it was, they were asked, you know, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on Judith Collins? And they all used the word experience, you know, so it obviously shows that they did want that sort of stable hand on the wheel. And that probably prevents a 21 percenter, like we saw with Bill English. It, the base will say, all right, we can handle this. Those swing voters will probably not be as pleased, um, the, the more centrist voters. You've got the likes of Nikki Kay leaving. You've got Judith Collins uh, at the helm. So I feel like it will. they're going to have to work really, really hard to try and keep that modern urban liberal vote. But I think that it will stop that eroding of the base. That's my view, that it'll stop the eroding of the base that we may have seen um, with others in charge. Yes, I'm, I'm going to be fascinated. I can't wait to our next poll because I'm, I'm not sure how the public will perceive it. So we, we did a track at the end of last week and basically we went around New Zealand, um, Auckland and Petone and in Christchurch and we went out and we just said, hey, you know, extraordinary couple of weeks with the National Party, what do you make of it? And pretty much everyone was saying, hey, it's an absolute mess. Um, it's chaotic. They're crumbling in front of our eyes. You know, and, and I think when you've got that kind of disunity and you're changing your leaders, you've got all these MPs throwing in the towel. You know, I'm not sure Judith can stop you know, the party really taking a hiding here. I think she also, though, brings excitement 
back into this election. Like with Todd Muller, it was seeming as though it would have been, I don't want to say it, but boring a little bit because of the of, of the nature that he sort of had. He was quite dry and sort of wanted to play it straight and all of that. And now that we've got Judith Collins coming in, you know, I'm watching her on, over the weekend. She's got her leather jacket on, doing media <laughs> rounds on the nation and Q&A. She's ready to rock and yeah, roll, yeah, absolutely. you know. And she just looks like the Cheshire cat, grinning from ear to ear. She's loving it. And she is just lapping it up. So I think we're in for a real doozy of an election now. She's made no and secret. She's yeah. living her best life And right if now. anyone was really going to sort of bring it to Jacinda Ardern, I think Judith Collins, absolutely. You know, so I'm, lo- I'm really looking forward to the election even more so now. It's going to be great. I'm glad about that fact, actually. <laughs> this is good, given also, your Also, I've had a holiday. So yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I had a few days off last week. I was in Queenstown when all of this was imploding, so um, that was quite nice. Yeah, absolutely. She's definitely up for a scrap, right? Yeah. Judith is, yeah. 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 I, well, another thing I want to touch on as well is uh, Nikki Kay and Amy Adams going. These are obviously big players, and particularly with Nikki, I mean, with Amy Adams, we had the resigning unresigning, re-resigning, I think, you know, perhaps less of a surprise, but I think with Nikki Kay, that's a really big moment that she's going. And I think it does uh, show a bit of a shift for the party. So what did you guys make of that? I think she's kind of taking the rap for the disastrous Todd Muller experiment. Um, You know, obviously she was, I mean, most of their caucus voted him in as the new leader. But yeah, I, I... I think she's just taking the rap for that, um, you know, for the damage that's been done, I think, and probably thought, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, and no doubt a disappointing end for her to her political career. Mm. You know, she's, um, you know, prided herself on on playing politics with a straight bat. Um, and even last week with all of the sort of, um, you know, leaking um, issues um, plaguing the National Party, she was very keen to make it clear that she was not part of any of that and that wasn't her style of politics. And so to end on that kind of a note, even though it wasn't of her own making, um, I think would have no doubt been a little bit disappointing for her personally. The other thing I reckon, yes, she didn't have a great um, couple of moments and there were the Nati Epsom stuff and, and bits and pieces like that, but she seemed to really step up into that deputy leadership role. And, I, you know, she fronted, mm. She was the mm. one fronting on Q&A that day, the day before, two days before the resignation. She was the one that was really working... Uh, the media behind the scenes. She was the one that was working really hard, and I th- and I wonder, um, you know, you had Todd Muller, who was this new person, and then you had this really experienced Nikki Kay, who's very well known and I think well liked. And it's just interesting that um, that was that they did the leader and the deputy, and and now she's did gone they get it the too. wrong way around? That's the thing. Did they because she did have to step up a lot for him, didn't she? Even when the Maori Party called him out for being, and actually, you know, granted he he had just had um, a, a minor surgery, um, but she did you know come in and do that interview for him, and then Q and A on the Saturday, he really should have done that himself. So she did. She had to step up a lot for him, and I wonder if they actually actually got it the wrong way around, and whether Nikki should have taken and on that leadership she said, role. She said personally, look, it's the right time to go and she wants a life, which I totally understand. I just wonder if it's one of those decisions that is better to give it a couple of weeks and then decide, I don't know. And you you know, everyone... But, but you don't have the time, right? Because no, you're six weeks out from the election. You're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. And I, and that's where you can see you're either in yeah. or you're out. But you've, she's just would have had six weeks of 
foot to the floor. Then this huge bomb goes off, and you can understand how she's left reeling. But but it doesn't matter. That is the decision, and now everyone just has to has to do that. Get yeah, move around it. Interesting too. Judith Collins says Tom Muller he's going to take the next three weeks off. Um, so it sounds like we've got three more sitting weeks here at Parliament. Sounds like he won't be back. Then you're into the election campaign. So he said, um, obviously he will be back after the election, and he is their trade. Um, will be their trade spokesperson. So he's auditioning to be the trade minister. So it'll be interesting to hear from him. Yeah, look, I, I think it's a little bit disappointing actually that he is off for the next three weeks and that people won't see him until the election. I think, you know, he rolled Simon Bridges. He, you know, changed it up so dramatically for the National Party and then he stepped down so dramatically. And now for us not to hear from him for another three weeks and then we're all in campaign mode is just. It's, it's like a little bit disappointing, to be honest. I feel like if you're going to take on those big roles, you need to be available to front up when things go badly. You don't need to do a big, fat press conference, you know, because obviously we've heard there are some issues there around his health and perhaps some mental health issues there. But, I mean, I think back to the likes of Claire Curran when she had, you know, her sort of fall from grace, at least she... Um, fronted the media, gave a statement, and then she was back at work, you know, soon or thereafter. Um, you know, and I think there should be a little bit of expectation that that is the case, that these people who want to take on these big roles do need to also step up um, when it when it counts in the end as well. And I think, um, I, I think a little bit differently, I think that probably from what I understand, he's, he's quite fragile and and I think needs a bit of breathing space but I think you're absolutely right in the expectation there to front up to the public um, in in a number of days and and explain what happened and I think there will be quite a few people in the National Party a group of people who are annoyed you Mm. rolled the leader you stood up and said I can do a better job and then had this moment of realisation that you're not up to it. That's really bad and timing then, once poof, you've got we the don't job. hear from the guy. And then he's got the next three weeks off. And then we're into campaign mode. And, you know, when do we get it, some it, answers? Well, and, when and, do we hear from him? He's standing in an electorate, right? And people and he still wants to stand. To yeah, he hmm. still wants people to back him publicly. Um, so he needs, to, he needs to at some point really explain himself and make himself available for that, I think. Yeah. Um, and better to do it sooner rather than later. Let's let's touch on a couple of other things. It's obviously we've had heaps going on. This is the big story. But let's just go through a couple of quick things um, before we finish up. So the quarantine costs for people going into managed isolation, that was one of the big things. And it was a bit of a political play we saw. We saw National coming out on the Sunday saying, uh, we had Judith Collins on Q&A on Sunday morning and then we had on Sunday afternoon hinting that it was going to happen and then on Sunday afternoon Jerry Brownlee coming out and saying we will charge people depending on your circumstances around $3,000 around three quarters of your cost for managed isolation then Megan Woods obviously having to come out and say well oh we're looking at it too but we're not ready to announce just yet so, so politicking and, and fun on, on that issue what did you guys make of it? Oh, I just I just think the government's taking far too long with this. I mean, how many months now have we heard them sort of say, um, look, we're looking into it, we're looking into it, and we've been like, well, when is it coming? And Megan Woods is like, oh, look, it's it's difficult work, it's not mm. easy, we, we have to get advice on this and that. And at some point, you know, I think we all need to say, oh, you know, 
whatever, mate, get but it done. Just yes or no. Are you going to do it or not? And how much, you know? And for National to come out yesterday and then the government now trying to sort of say, oh, look, it's always been on the table. And yeah, but you haven't given us any other detail. And why not? Are you playing politics with this? You know, are you guys purposefully taking too long with it? Well, I just don't know if it's legal. To well, then people. figure it out. Like, yeah, yeah. how long does and, it take? And just listening to, like, Megan Woods talk about it, saying how they're dealing with Crown law and they're trying to figure out, you know, the legalities of it. Because you can't put a barrier in there that would stop Kiwis returning home. But there right. already is one with the cost of the flights. and that's. But I think I think you're right. I think it is a classic example of of opposition versus government that in opposition you can call for it and you're right and just figure out the details when you get to it in government I guess you actually have to make sure that you can do it I know and but they've been looking at it for months haven't they I mean at what point do we say like yeah you're really taking the mickey now yeah. aren't you and, like, and it's hurried them up and it's given the government a bit of a, a prod to mm. say come on guys if, you, if you're going to do it let's hear from it I think you're going to have lots of Kiwis overseas who are thinking hey I can ride this out or whatever who you know, whose companies will be going under uh, because of the pandemic, you know, whose circumstances change um, and find themselves having to come home, even though they didn't come home immediately because they thought they might have been able to ride it out. You know, uh, I just don't know if it's fair or not to charge these people thousands See, of dollars I think for the pu- managed the isolation. appetite is there to charge them. I think a lot of people, uh, I think in the, in the wider public, will be sitting there going, you had your chance to come home. Mm. Uh, we've given you a really long time. We've paid a lot of money for you guys to stay there. And rightly or wrongly, this idea of them living it up for a couple of weeks in a hotel, we know that that's not the case. But, you know, that perception of you going and staying in a hotel for a couple of weeks, which most people don't don't do you know that whole hotel lifestyle i think the appetite is there to charge people yes yeah, I, I, I definitely think it is there i think you'd have to have some sort of you know um payment plan so that people couldn't stump up up front that they could pay it off for sure over time yeah, yeah and you wouldn't want to yeah. make it too exorbitant but i mean when kiwis back here and taxpayers are looking at the what was the last sort of figure that we got 80 million dollars already spent on managed isolation like the the price tag is getting up getting up there in terms of what we've already spent. And and I think if it was like, oh, right, right it's going to stop at the end of September or whatever it is, sure. But this could be going on for a long, long time. So I think that the open checkbook isn't really going to fly. Uh, I think we're probably going to have to leave it there. There were, were a few things that we didn't get through, but let, we'll save it for the next one. Um, and and I'm sure it's going to be a really quiet week this week and we're going to get yeah, to catch up on all right. of our hey, stories. And well, tomorrow, something to look forward to, it's going to be um, Judith Collins being able to um, question Jacinda Ardern in, in the House for the yeah, first time. That should be I'm interesting. Very, very, and I just think that it will give us such a flavour of the yeah. style of the campaign. My pick is that Judith Collins will be very firm but quite respectful in the way that she approaches Ardern and I think we will get I'm not going to I'm not sure if we're going to see that big um, scrapping that we often saw and the quips with um, with Simon Bridges and Jacinda Ardern but let's let's see it, it's going to be entertaining and for political junking, junkies it will be <laughs> essential viewing at two o'clock tomorrow yeah. so it'll be good to hear her um, speech as well yeah in the debate yeah so such fun. Something they, that's on, usually on the Wednesday. When they, yeah, when they the let debate. loose. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it'll be really good. So that was our One News Inside Parliament, our weekly catch-up about the political stories that we've been covering on One News as we head towards the general election. We're on Instagram, Twitter and on Facebook. It's available around this time uh, on the One News 
on One News Online and check us out on your favourite podcasting app. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>